We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Good evening, folks. You're listening to the Hour of the Time. I'm William Cooper. Chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans. Another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on... Veteran of three foreign wars, entrepreneur, and warrior poet, Tony Arterburn takes on the issues facing our country, civilization, and planet. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. Well, it's Friday, ladies and gentlemen, the 15th of September, 2023. I am uh, coming to you live from deep in the heart of, of Texas in the Main Street Mall in Denison, uh, where I have my Wise Wolf Gold and Silver satellite location. And we've been busy today. We're busy in Branson. And I decided I needed to do a, a support group meeting with my, with my support group, which is my radio audience and my podcast audience. And uh do my weekly cognitive test to see, is Tony still thinking properly? Can he still do an hour's worth of radio? We, we shall see. Um, as always, broadcasting in defiance of globalist goblins, the neocons, the New World Order, the Build Back Better, Biden, Beelzebub, Baphomet, Bilderberg, Bohemian Grove, Bankster Bunch. That's pretty good. I got all the Bs. And speaking of Bs, I do not have Beans the Brave. I do not have my Chihuahua mix. I do not have my best friend, my co-pilot, my co-host. Uh, she is not in the studio because yours truly had to travel to New York City, which was a complete honor, by the way, uh, freeworld.fm. Uh, we spoke on the um, close to the anniversary of, of 9-11. We had Charlie Robinson, Wayne McCroy, Don Jeffries, Richard Gage uh, was the keynote speaker. And uh, I spoke for about you know, 30, 35 minutes, and I, I crafted a, a little bit of a speech on the plane, on the plane ride out there. And uh, just, just right before I went up, I said, you know what, I'm just going to talk because <laughs> I had to follow Wayne McCroy. If you know who Wayne McCroy, he had this intricate slide presentation. It was so smart. And he was talking about symbology and archetypes. And I go, okay. Um, and I even said when I got up there, I said, you know, a, a younger version of Tony in another lifetime, I had to follow Ted Cruz once uh, in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol Grill. We were honoring Congressman Ralph Hall. And I thought, you know, I was 34 and I thought, oh, I'll crush this. This is no big deal. It's just Ted Cruz. 
I had to follow Wayne McCroy, which is, you know, this is, again, this is intricate research. Very smart man. And uh, anyway, it was, it was an absolute honor. And I, you know, when you start thinking about those events um, like 9-11, which really doesn't have a parallel, um, but it really had a major impact on my life. And I have to think about that every year. Uh, I'll see if I can get the uh, the audio zipped from Rumble and loaded up to the podcast. I mean, there was so much going on. None of us really did the, we were trying to plan the event and get everybody there. And uh, it, the audio outcome wasn't the best, but it taught us a lot of lessons. And I'll see if I can do that. But I went into kind of a stream of consciousness too. Like some of it was not, even written down, like some of the things I had just thought of on the fly. And I talked about both the, the physical and the metaphysical aspects of 9-11 for me. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have uh, the anomalies that shouldn't be um, like once you step back from the trauma of it, once you uh, open your mind to the fact that, OK, someone's lying to me, you know, now, when I hear the mainstream narrative of, of the explanation of what happens, I chuckle and laugh. And it's tragic because I believe some of that for a long time. And it's so outlandish of a conspiracy theory that, you know, you, you really you have a hard time understanding how you ever process that. And then you start thinking about, OK, well, there's there's three buildings that collapsed into their own footprint. And no building has ever collapsed from office fires, ever. Not before and not after. Only on that day. And there was three of them. And only two of them were hit by a plane. And by the way, I mean, the World Trade Centers and modern steel buildings are meant to withstand the impact of jet aircraft. I mean, the I, I visited the Empire State Building when I was in New York City. And you can go look this up. But uh, in the mid-1940s, a, a B-29 bomber, I believe, flew right into the side of the Empire State Building. Guess what? Didn't fall down. Didn't, didn't collapse symmetrically at free fall speed into its own footprint. Uh, you also need to look at really the key, the Easter egg, as I called it. Um, it's like the calling card, the ace of spades for the elite is Building 7. That's to show you, if you're paying attention, uh, that and they want you to know that they know that you know. And that there's nothing you can do about it. I think there's things you can do about it. Uh, I think they're too arrogant. But look at 9-11 for what it really is. In my opinion, a massive cash heist. It's a looting of the treasury. It's the controlled demolition of the American empire. That's really what it's all about. I mean, the debt of the U.S. in 2000 was $5 trillion. It took us from 1776 to 2000 and uh, 2001. To hit five trillion, now we're at thirty trillion, and the 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 wheels are off, and no one's even talking about being fiscally responsible anymore. That's just old hat, right? So nine eleven, it has so many things in it, but it's also, in my opinion, uh, and this is controversial, but it's very ritualistic, isn't it? The numerology in it, the buildings themselves, the date, um, all of it. You know, you can go, uh, William Ramsey wrote a, a magnificent uh, breakdown of Aleister Crowley's symbology. Uh, and there's there's others. S.K. Bain wrote The Most Dangerous Book in the World. I've read that, too. That's 9-11 is mass ritual. Go check that out. Do your own research. I mean, the mainstream narrative is that, you know, um, 
jet fuel, which is kerosene, uh, can somehow melt, melt steel, which it can't. And that uh, it's so hot that they collapsed into their own footprint. But also the passport of the hijacker was found in the rubble. Okay. <laughs> it, it melts everything. It, it evaporates and, and incinerates everything with that it, it touches. But also the passport was found in the rubble. I mean, they're laughing at you. I remember I read the definition of what a truther was on stage. And uh, yeah, damn, it feels good to be a truther. Kind of like the song from Office Space. about It feels good to be a gangster. It feels good to be a truther. I like the truth. Don't you? Wouldn't you want to know the truth about these events, what shapes our world, or you just want to hide? You know, do you... Do you want to be spoon fed your narrative? Do you do you want to just have a cult of personality? Have somebody else decide for you. It's very comfortable. I know I know I've lost a lot of listeners because of that. I uh I like for you to think for yourself. I'm kind of like Bill Cooper that way, right? Uh do your own research. Don't listen to what I say. It's uh I appreciate that you do, but don't don't just listen to what I say. Yeah, and so I uh told a little bit about my story on what happened after 9-11 for me. And uh, I'd never been to New York City, never been to Ground Zero, walked out. And it was I I visited Ground Zero with, first of all, how cool is this? I'm walking around. I'm on Wall Street with Charlie Robinson, who wrote The Octopus of Global Control. He has one of the biggest podcasts in the world in alternative media. Um, brilliant guy. I'm walking down Wall Street with Charlie Robinson and Billy Ray Valentine <laughs> and another good friend of ours, Colin, was there. And uh, we're just walking down, uh, you know, near Ground Zero, in the financial district near the New York Stock Exchange. And I go to the to the Ground Zero. We go to the site. You get to see the Millennium Hotel, which looks eerily. That somebody has pointed that it looks like the monolith from 2001, A Space Odyssey. And. I wouldn't say that's fun, right? It's not fun. It's it's very humbling. Uh, you're taking all this in. But I went back on Monday. I went back on the actual anniversary. And I woke up and, you know, had some breakfast and I'm drinking some coffee and uh, taking things in. And, and uh, I kind of just strolled down there um, expecting to see people in uniform and see the the ceremonies and things that take place in the reading of the names. And then I get there and I have a physical or emotional reaction, which I no don't normally do. I'm pretty reserved. Um, I, I, I tend to watch the horrors of uh, this life with a pretty stoic face. Uh, I've seen a lot in my lifetime and uh, it's not the age, it's the miles. <laughs> you know. But I had this physical reaction to it, it just being down, knowing everything that happened afterwards you realize the massive amount of evil that only took place that day that people have still not been punished for. Um, but what happened afterwards, like the upending of civilizations, you realize like hundreds of thousands of Iraqis that were killed or displaced or, you know, died of disease and refugees. I mean, you're talking about like, and, and the unleashing of organized terrorism around the world. I mean, raise your hand if you know how many suicide bombers there were in Iraq prior to 2003. I know. I know how many there were. And, and granted, Saddam Hussein killed a million Iranians. 
a million. That's what's estimated between the Iran-Iraq war. Guess how many suicide bombers there were in Iraq? Guess how many people were in, again, Shiite that could that should have been extremely mad, extremely enraged, and willing to give their life up to kill Saddam Hussein. Guess how many suicide bombers there were in the history of Iraq? Zero. Zero. So all of that didn't bring terrorism, but our invasion did. And uh, millions of people were affected. Hundreds of thousands died. And if you've ever seen the look on a child's face that's completely full of fear and terrorized by the violence going on around them, the, the uncertainty, the loss of their home. Have you ever seen a mother weeping for her children that have been killed in a, either an accident or whatever you want to call it, just even collateral damage? Have you ever seen that? These politicians haven't. I have. It's pure evil. So a lot, just so much sadness, so much thing. And I had a reaction to it. And I called my first wife, I called Erin. Uh, and uh, she's the mother of my son. And I only made one call, but I called Erin. And uh, because we were directly, she was part of the unit I was with, a first army company on the ground in Kandahar, Afghanistan. And she heard my voice and I told her where I was and she started crying. It really is. Um, and I told the audience, I said, we need to do this every year. Because a lot of these events, you know, they fade with time. It's kind of like the JFK assassination, which doesn't fade with me. The more I learn about it, you read uh, great insight and, and research by people like my, my friend Donald Jeffries. And you start to realize the courage of that man and, and who actually killed him. You know, it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald with uh, <laughs> standing with his $12 uh man liquor carcano uh italian bolt action rifle he got from a catalog holding the communist manifesto you know um i wonder if his passport was found in the rubble i mean they they come up with the most bizarre and incongruent explanations of things you're supposed to believe of these events no i don't i don't believe any of that you know it it is an event that we must continue to talk about it fades with time and we shouldn't let it we shouldn't let it slip into normality because it's not normal it's not normal what happened um there's a crime there and you really can't hold the truth down forever it's unpopular uh, to talk about the truth because it doesn't set up a simple narrative you know there's evildoers remember evildoers where'd they go where's all the evildoers i mean besides in washington <laughs> besides uh the 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 people that are perpetrating the decline and fall of the American empire from within where, where are the evildoers? I thought we were supposed to have a clash of civilizations. Remember that? Where'd it go? The silence is deafening. One of the things I talked about in my talk was uh, how come we never had a border? Why after nine 11, do we not have a border? We didn't have a border after COVID 1984 either. Interesting. You're so worried about this thing. You got to destroy small business and put Anthony Fauci in charge of the country. You're going to lock us down, call us non-essential, bankrupt the country, destroy this supply chain. But, oh, and it's because of this disease, but we don't have a border either. See, that's the giveaway. We're going to read an article here in a second. I find it, um, well, it's a sign of the times and it's kind of partisan, but we'll go into it. 
about why the borders open and New Yorkers are enraged, and rightly so. But that's the glaring, you know, that's the tell, right? There's always a key. There's always a variable in something that you go, wait a minute. Well, why didn't you do that? Well, that because we never really cared. They weren't really concerned with that. They were concerned with remaking the world into their own image or just completely uh, bankrupting the United States, destroying its military infrastructure, destroying its morale. What did James Madison say? A republic cannot survive in the state of perpetual war. I'm paraphrasing, but that's about it, isn't it? I mean, the Patriot Act was designed to target patriots and strip us of our civil liberties to enhance government. I mean, even go back. I know that as a young man, before I deployed to Iraq, I was completely enraged by the Patriot Act. And I said, what are they doing? Even then, I said, so we, we could defeat Tojo's Japan and the Third Reich um, without a Patriot Act, but we can't defeat these people that we somehow can't see. They're, they're in caves. <laughs> I mean, when you go back and think about it now, like, it's just so grossly uh, naive that we ever believed any of this. Like, the, the, nobody has that kind of power. It's like the January 6th lie, you know, where General Milley says, we almost lost our constitution because uh, the people came into this building. There's no power in a building. What are you talking about? Unarmed people can't take over a government. The government lies in the codes. It lies in the economic power. It lies in who can direct troop movements. There's no power in a building. <laughs> Such propaganda. I mean, why didn't we occupy all the buildings in Iraq and just say, hooray, we won, and fly flags and have parades? Because there's power in a building. We took lots of buildings in Iraq. Guess what? Nobody cared. <laughs> there was no power in them. But that's the world we live in. All right, let's go into some headlines. Uh, I had to talk about that because I want to put up the uh, the nine eleven talk, and it was it was such an honor. And uh, I'll tell you what, the the breakdown that Richard Gage did, uh, former head of uh, architects and engineers for nine eleven Truth, unbelievable. I mean, and he went through it with record time. I mean, just and he crushed it, and I think right under fifty minutes. But if you, uh, if you want to get a tour de force, we'll have to get this up on the feed very soon. Maybe have Richard on. Uh, but it was, it was, even for me, it was eye opening and, uh, and again, very, very humbling. And thanks to everybody who's uh, been patient with the feed. I've been, I, I put out a, that paratruther with myself and Mr. Anderson and Chris Graves on 2001 A Space Odyssey. I've been back and forth between Texas and Branson so much. Uh, that's starting to even out a bit. Uh, I've got my house here in, in Denison, Texas. I'm, I'm with my son, Houston, uh, who's a senior in high school. And um, it's been great um, being a dad, you know, full-time dad uh, again, uh, at least for the last year of his, of his high school. And uh, that's just taken some, some time to even out all those things. And we're working on my studio at the house. <laughs> you guys would find it pretty comical. Uh, every time I buy a piece for the studio, uh, it needs another adapter because I didn't buy the right. It's just that I literally have piles of, of, of equipment that I can't use because something doesn't fit or something. I should have just bought all new stuff, which is, I think I'm going to have to start all over again. And uh, I'm broadcasting out of my mom's 
office uh, here in the back part of the Main Street Mall. And that's why I don't have anything. But if you don't worry, I know I usually have books behind me. I didn't stop reading, um, but my books are in, in Branson. And I don't think I'll even be there next week for, for the broadcast. I think I'll be back here. So it's a it's a lot going on. I appreciate all your patience. And uh, we'll talk about uh, when I got news on Wolfpack and uh, some deals going on in Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. We'll talk about that uh, before the end of the show. Uh, and I'll definitely go to the, to the Rockfin chat here in a second. But let me um, let me jump over to some headlines. <laughs> One of these caught my attention. First of all, we'll start. We'll talk really quick about what I talked about yesterday on the David Knight show. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but and if you listen to the David Knight show or, or and I'm going to put this clip up uh, sometime either later today or tomorrow. But the Federal Reserve is losing money now uh, on its face. That sounds like you're reading a financial headline and uh, you better be very concerned because they're fiscally they're losing money. And that's uh, there's a deficit there. And then but you actually think about it for more than a couple of minutes. Uh, that's hilarious. Um, the Federal Reserve, and I guess in their charter, I learned this on Zero Hedge yesterday, for an article from Shift Gold, Michael Meharry, and uh, he said the Federal Reserve is losing money. And the reason that they're losing money is because they've raised interest rates. So uh, there's, I guess, less liquidity in the markets, less borrowing, less interest money flowing back to them, um, which is a scam. Um, but in the charter of the Federal Reserve, if they make anything off the interest, then they have to pay the United States Treasury. I didn't know that. Um, but however, <laughs> however, if they lose, if they net, have net losses in their lending to interest ratios, the United States Treasury has to cover their losses. So you, the taxpayer, what, for whatever that means to you. Um, so you have to cover the Federal Reserve's losses. Folks, they make the money. <laughs> they literally make it out of thin air. How do you lose money when you are the money? <laughs> this is the this is the clown show. This is the cl new clown world order that we're living in. Even the fee, the fee, the head of the snake loses money, and it is the money. Even though. You guys have heard me a thousand times break down. What's the difference between currency and money? I mean, the, technically, the the Federal Reserve doesn't make money. It makes currency and currency can be money, but it's it's fiat currency, which means by decree, which means it's fake. It's not backed by anything, um, but they're actually losing money. So that, that's a that's another thing in and of itself. Uh, I didn't think I'd be seeing anytime soon but yes this is this is where we live the federal reserve is now losing money even though they make it um so <laughs> just let put that in if you're if you're um skeptical of the markets uh, at all uh maybe that gets you over the edge to being betting against them that's what i do people ask me so what stocks do you like um i'm sure there's some stocks that will technically go up uh, but you know what I like to do? Bet against all of it. I like to bet against the system. You know, yesterday, David and I talked about the Shanghai Gold Exchange. The spot price for gold is higher there than it is in the West. And he asked me what I thought about that. And I said, well, because the West, either the European Central Bank or the Federal Reserve, is at war with gold. 
they do not want the price of gold to go up because it messes with the world's reserve currency status of the dollar. They have a vested interest. There's only one central bank, major central bank in the world that's not buying gold and hasn't bought gold since the 1950s. That's the United States of America. Every other country is. And these other countries have a vested interest. They're not afraid of gold. They like gold, even though they have fiat currencies. And a lot of them, like Russia, has tied the ruble. Someone mentioned that in the comments. Today. You're absolutely right. I said every fiat, every currency in the world was fiat. And technically, Russia, after the invasion of Ukraine and the sanctions that came through the Biden administration, uh, and I think technically linked uh, the ruble to, to, to gold, and I don't know the exact ratio. It's some sort of pegging to the gram of gold. So I don't know exactly the number, but I know that they did that. And the BRICS nations have talked about doing that. Um, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And I believe they will. Uh, so this is that they have vested interest in gold going, not necessarily going up, but being reevaluated for what it actually is. And these massive amount of paper contracts and things that don't exist, it gets you in trouble. So, you know, like they had an article not too long about ago about millennials uh, buy more gold than uh, Gen Xers and boomers. And that's true, except for they buy paper. So close, millennials. So close. You almost got it. You almost got it. You got to buy physical. All right. I'll go to the Rockfin chat here in a second. Let me see if I can. We put the articles up on the screen. Let me see if I can take this one down. Let me stop the screen. And then we'll put a new one up. Sorry, it takes a minute. I'm, I'm my own producer. I did this last week. Let's. Uh, this is the one I wanted to see. All right. <laughs> this made me laugh. Uh, the CDC, it rolls out the wild to mild flu shot campaign to reach vaccine hesitant. All right. Um, yeah, the CDC launched a new digital campaign to encourage the vaccine hesitant to get a flu shot to merely tame symptoms. Yeah, notice that it's a flu shot. I've always noticed that, like, um, isn't the point of a vaccine to give you a weakened or uh, dead version of the virus and uh, give you an adjuvant, activate your immune system? I'm giving you the technical definition of a vaccine. The adjuvants activate your immune system and the cells attack it and they develop antibodies and they recognize this virus, right? That's the uh, textbook explanation of what a vaccine or inoculation is, right? Well. Um, the flu shot is a guess because it's not a DNA virus. It's mRNA. It changes. It mutates. It shapeshifts. And uh, the flu is actually comes from the term influential. It's like the new thing. Uh, the number of Americans willing to roll up their sleeves to get a flu shot declined during the pandemic, as many who received the vaccine appeared to get sick anyway, and concerns grew over potential side effects. In response to dwindling numbers, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Monday launched a new digital ad campaign in hopes to encourage the vaccine hesitants to get the shot, even if breakthrough infections occur. <laughs> well, okay, I'll, I'll, the reason I thought this headline was funny, you go from uh, wild to mild, and we're going to get those symptoms down, and you just got to take the flu shot. This is one of the things that rattles around in my mind because I have a memory and uh, God bless me with one of the, I have a really good memory and that can be a, a curse sometimes when you want to forget stuff. 
But I remember broadcasting uh, on InfoWars and on my show uh, multiple times that the flu was gone. Remember? It went away. It's canceled. That was like the daily, that was national press, Daily Mirror, uh, AP, the flu is gone, 97% gone in the year 2020. Don't you remember, ladies and gentlemen? The flu is dead. It went away, 97% gone. Now it's back and we have to get a shot for it? Oh, wait a minute. I thought COVID slipped up in the middle of the night and slit the flu's throat. I thought it killed the flu. And now it's back? I, I can't believe it. Ads for the new campaign began rolling out this week on radio and social media platforms targeting pregnant women and parents of young children. As vaccination rates have declined in these high-risk groups. Yeah, rightly so. Uh, raise your hand if you don't get a flu shot because I have an immune system. I don't want to hurt my immune system. Every time I had to go get this flu shot when I was in the military, every single time I got the flu shot, guess what? I had flu because it hurts your immune system and you get this weakened, deadened, whatever they put in it. It's a bunch of adjuvants. They irritate you. They weaken your immune system. Uh, you can also get vaccine injury from flu shots like Guillain-Barre and all these other. I'm not putting that in. I'm not doing that. I'm not signing on to that. It's illogical to begin with. And you have all these people pushing it. Um, this is not polio. And that, by the way, is debatable. We can go into that. But it just it's not a DNA. It changes all the time. It's not real. And this is a quotation. Um by one of the commentators on CNN is with these respiratory viruses flu included the vaccines aren't very good at preventing milder disease. They're much better at preventing serious complications. Where have I heard this before? It's like, it won't actually keep you from getting it. It was keep you from getting where you need a ventilator or hospitalization. I thought that was the whole purpose of a vaccine. I thought I thought you're supposed to give me something that prevents me from getting sick. I love how the bar just continues to get moved on what it what is or what isn't a vaccine and when you need it. Another shot, a treatment, an all-in-one. And we're going to get to that soon too. In the article it says years of data show flu shots have low efficacy. <laughs> yeah, like um has it ever worked? It's still around. That's somewhat I argue that and I, gosh, we live in such a time when you're under such a, your mind is under such attack that you can't even think rationally. Because I was talking about this before they rolled out uh, Operation Warp Speed. I said, you know, the flu shot is still here and you have to get that and you can't really get a vaccination against it because it's not a vaccine, it's a shot. Because it changes. And that's the same thing that this does. And the flu is still around. You know, the flu, uh, the flu killed my grandmother, my beloved Mima. That was the one of the women who raised me. I lived with her in my teenage years. I was very close to her. And she got sick in 2018. Um, it's a really bad strain of the flu. And they were just pushing. I remember radio hosts who I will not mention talking about, well, you should still get the shot. You got to get the shot. I just wonder if the shot made it worse for people, making them have worse symptoms because you just 
pumping in a bunch of adjuvants to people who are already unhealthy and don't have enough vitamin D and didn't get drink enough water and didn't exercise and got their soda water and all their sugar stuff and got all their things from the fast food joint. And I, I think about that sometimes because I hear people, oh, you still got to get the shot. You got to get the shot. It, it did this or that. You know, it's, it's even killed a young person. Uh, this bodybuilder died from it. I'm like, well, did he get the shot too? Did you ever think about that? They might actually uh, made it worse. <laughs> the agency says other recent studies show influenza vaccinations reduce the risk of illness by 40 to 60% among the overall population during seasons when most circulating flu viruses are well matched to the strains. <laughs> Yet the other CDC studies used by the agency to support uh, efficacy uh, specifically during pregnancy are several years old, funded by the agency and other related vaccine industries. Uh, this article, and again, is from the Epoch Times up on Zero Hedge. They love these campaigns. I mean, I would I will tell you, ladies and gents, if I, the, I have no interest in getting any sort of shot for anything. Not interested. Um, are you skeptical now? How's that? I mean, how's your your mind wrapping around this? When I thought the I thought the flu was uh, taken out like drive by shooting style. I thought that the I thought COVID, I thought COVID snuck up on it in the middle of the night and got rid of it, uh, kind of like a hit. Uh, they did something, because that's what I was told in 2020. Gosh, you know, it's sometimes it's uh, it's pretty maddening to have a memory. All right, I'll hit the Rockfin chat. Thanks for everybody for sticking around with me today. I've got I've got so much cool stuff planned for this channel and Paratruther, and uh, I just decided, this was like last minute, I'm like, I've got to put a new show out. I had I hosted for David Knight two weeks ago, huge honor and then uh the next week was uh going to uh new york city and i i was on the plane during the time of my show i guess i could have got somebody to fill in but i thought well i'll stream it from and we just i couldn't stream it there was i didn't bring the right equipment and that's my fault uh let's go to the rockfin chat though hey we got chris graves oh chris give me a call or you know what i need to put um i'll put a maybe i'll send you a link real quick Chris, if you want to jump on, uh, researcher without peer, Chris Graves is always good to to uh, to see and talk to him. I see Rhonda Tate's in the chat, and Angry Tiger says, "What's going on, Tony?" Well, hey, um, just doing a show from uh, deep in the heart of Texas here in in Denison, and um, seeing what you guys are doing over here in the Rockfin chat. If you want to watch the show live then you go to the america unplugged channel on rockfin.com it's free of course i would encourage you to join rockfin as a subscriber because they have tons and tons of premium content uh you can go to uh rokfin.com and uh go check out the america unplugged channel it's good to see all of you guys oh there's uh i think billy's in the chat good to see billy i I sent Billy a video yesterday. Uh, I just, I think, you know, I, I sometimes wonder, am I living life forwards or backwards? I feel like so much, so much deja vu. I've never been to New York City. Uh, <laughs> I'm reading, I, and I just somehow remember being there. I was to send Billy a video of that yesterday. 
he says in the chat, Billy says, uh, Tony, Chris Graves and I are going down to get the flu shot together. Who's coming with us? <laughs> well, Bon Voyage, uh, boys. Uh, be sure and get the get two of them just to make sure. Uh, you should get both strains at the same time. Get this year's, last year's, and see if they have next year's. I mean, they maybe they have a, a, a an unveiling. You can get next year's all in one. <laughs> I'm gonna send uh, I'm gonna send an invite to Chris Graves in case he wants to come on the show. Let me do that real quick. Always good to see Chris. But yeah, we're gonna go into some. We're going to go into the next couple of articles. I don't know if I can get through everything. And this is this is when you're your own producer. I'm li- literally sending links to Chris and uh, <laughs> putting up my own articles. I need to hire somebody to do this, but all right, let's uh, let's go into. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Oh, by the way, did anybody see the uh, alien body? that was brought before a hearing in Mexico. And I just happened to say, uh, first of all, I'm not a skeptic of UFOs. I'm a skeptic of most UFO stories. Uh, On the bigger picture, I think there's a phenomenon there that requires some research and some real uh, scrutiny. And, uh, you know, if you're close-minded to it, I ask you why. I mean, what do you think? (laughs) You don't think reality is strange enough? Uh, you don't uh, think that our existence is uh, a mystery. It, you just, you got it all figured out. Okay. Um, but I looked at that alien body and I, I keep asking, they, they, Stephen Greer had something similar and uh, they also have the, I mean, there's been two or three of these things, but why are they so small? Well, I don't remember this in any of the real UFO lore. I mean, are they like, are they only 14 inches tall? Is it uh, when did that happen? Uh, and like they have one, the one that Stephen Greer has, like the size of a of like a old GI Joe doll from the forties or something. I, I don't know what they're supposed to be, um, but it looked like honestly, it looked like uh, a poorly decomposed uh, doll of ET. Uh, from like the like somebody accidentally, you know, uh, buried their ET doll and dug it up from the eighties, and that's what it looks like. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a skeptic of the phenomenon. I'm a skeptic of what whatever they're pushing now. See, that's the thing. It's like if you want people, and that's what they did with with QAnon. That's what they did. Like they just ruin real research, especially if the government gets involved in it. And starts saying, well, we we took it and we rebranded it. We made it UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, and not UFOs, because UFOs are for kooks, uh, even though there's decades and decades of real journalism and people that spent their whole lives looking for the truth and uh, found amazing things. No, we just forget all that history. And now we're looking at UAPs and we brand it. We take the narrative. I'm skeptical of all of that, because what is it for? What are you doing? And I'm skeptical. Uh, I'm like George Carlin. He says, uh, my first rule is whatever I, if the government tells me something, I just don't believe it. Right. It's the first rule. (laughs) Whatever the first thing is, I don't believe it. All right. Let's, uh, let's continue to go through some headlines. I want to pick, I'll, I'll go to that one last. That's kind of in, uh, let's talk about some economics. Let me pull this up. Hold on. There's so much happening with inflation and I'm on the front lines of 
what's happening in the economy, folks. And I can tell you that uh, Bidenomics or whatever, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, Robert Reich came out and said this is the strongest economy he'd ever seen. Uh, this is a former Clinton advisor, an economic hack who pushed NAFTA. I mean, somebody who pushed NAFTA and still believes in that. I mean, you're in on it, right? <laughs> you're not you have you have you're not tethered to reality like you don't even know what numbers are like you the average wage for the workers have gone down multinationals are uh, their profits are through the roof it's uh, the largest transfer of wealth in human history is free trade to these multinational corporations but you believe in it and you're supposedly for the working man right that's robert reich and he said that the uh, the economy was the strongest that he'd ever seen well good job Oh, let me find, let me find, there we go. I'm going to share this. I see Chris Graves is in the back office. I'll bring in just a second, Chris. Let me, let me pull this up. I'll add Chris. I'm, I'm going to, thanks for being here, Chris. I appreciate you jumping on. Uh, I wanted to talk about this, <laughs> this article I saw on Natural News. And it just reminded me of all these people going around saying that Bidenomics is working. The economy's strong. Everybody's doing great. Um, this article up on natural news, it pretty much says what I've been saying for a while. It's like annual, infl annual inflation surged 3.7% in August, thanks to the jump in gas prices. And I have a, I have a history with this. This reason it caught my attention. Inflation in August spiked by 3.7% compared to last year with the rise in gas prices accounting for more than half of the monthly inflation increase. The Consumer Price Index, the CPI for August, showed that prices were 3.7% higher over year over year. And um, it says the rate of price increases for most products and services has slowed somewhat over the past year. However, most Americans are taking little comfort for this because the run-up in the prices of so many goods and services has been ab abnormally large because prices aren't actually declining. Well, let's talk about this for a second. One, this is what predicated the last financial crisis. And I know this because I was on the front lines of that too. I was running a high volume gasoline store that uh, was I was partnered with my family on. It would run about 250,000 gallons of fuel a month, maybe sometimes more. Uh, it had a you know, a retail section inside a barbecue restaurant. I had, you know, close to 30 employees. I was 28 years old. And I remember I also had a real estate company and this was, you know, uh, running at the right before the crash, right before the, the housing bubble, the great recession, whatever you want to call it, the, the, uh, the bailout of the too big to fail and too big to jail criminals on wall street. I started seeing something, and this was leading up to this, leading up to not 2008, 2009. What you had was people were able to get these ninja loans, right? No income, no job, right? Uh, no, no assets. And you're able to pretty much get uh, funded for these houses, and people were buying houses left and right and refinancing and pulling cash out. And, and states other than Texas, they're like 125% of appraised value. So what you had was, and by the way, every time you you borrow from a bank, they create currency. It's new currency. It didn't exist before. 
That's why you're encouraged to do it. Uh, everything is about debt in the modern economy. Uh, that's why debt is not taxed. That's why the rich don't work for money. They work for assets and then borrow against them because uh, debt is tax-free. Their income is tax-free. They don't pay it. So this was all going on. So the average person, and you know, I was talking to Charlie Robinson about this. We were walking on Wall Street, as a matter of fact, talking about the movie The Big Short. And you had so many people borrowing, so many people uh, getting short-term rich, you know, off these off the housing market because it was easy to borrow and it's just the bonanza. And somebody this became these toxic loans. Well, what was happening on the ground? And I had a unique perspective in this is that when that market's really was so red hot, people were just buying things. There was a flood of cash in the markets that made the, the uh, production uh, countries like India and China started making things to send here to Walmart. People were buying all these things that they didn't need. And so you have this red hot economy and people are buying stuff, buying stuff, buying stuff. Well, you need energy for that. You need energy for that production. And so you have these fixed rate loans and all of a sudden there's not, there's not a, well, not fixed rate. You had these uh, subprime loans uh, that weren't fixed, that were adjustable rates. The rates started to go up. The price of energy started to spike and you start seeing three close to $4 gasoline People had to make a choice between paying that energy bill, paying for their gasoline or paying a mortgage. And they chose gasoline. A lot of them chose gas. And the reason that they had to pay higher prices at the pump is because there's all this fake money rolling around. It wasn't real. And it was buying things that people didn't need. And it causes the price to go up. So there's like this chicken and egg thing here. And that's what's happening right now is that we had so much garbage money floating around the trillions that were created because you can't really print this stuff uh, during COVID-1984 uh, to bail out the banks and the PPP money and all of that stuff, the underlying real price that people are going to pay is happening in energy. And of course we have the loss of uh, any sort of uh, coherence in the, in the energy sector where we, you know, Biden has stopped the, Keystone Pipeline. He's told the Saudis that we're going green. Uh, there's less exploration, less drilling. Uh, the price of oil goes up, which is what they want. So there's a simultaneous, like the the government colluding, the uh, the World Economic Forum people colluding, and uh, the consequences of the printing uh, into the economy, which is driving this off the cliff. And this is where it starts. It starts in energy, and it cascades down. And I think that's what we're seeing. And I want to welcome uh, Chris Graves to the show. Uh, Chris, I thanks for coming in, in impromptu, my friend. I, I uh, wanted to have you on here the last uh, few minutes. How's, how's things going? Uh, everything's, uh, I'm still breathing, so that's a plus. <laughs> I, have, well, uh, I was able to back up a bunch of stuff that you were saying earlier about these articles from places like the Scientific American talking about the flu just disappearing. AP News. Uh, I even have a little article about the Me the Mexican alien bodies that you had just mentioned too. <laughs> what do you think about that? What do you think about the Mexican alien body? It's interesting, and it's kind of an extension to the Stephen Greer thing in a way. Yeah, at least in the appearance. Um, it's very hard for me to to go all in with this because just considering the sources here, because uh, I always feel like they're trying to get something in on us, you know, especially people that really uh, 
really want these things to be real or at least you know life out in the in the universe and i don't know if you look at, you know look back at stuff like project blue beam and i don't know it, it's unfortunate that there's this mistrust so i i try not to put too much stake into it for my own peace of mind you know just in case i mean to be clear i i'm interested in ufo lore and re real research i mean one of my favorite books is uh jim mars's uh alien yeah. agenda yeah and that came out in 1997 i learned a lot from that you don't have many researchers like jim mars i don't think there's anybody like him now um and i learned a lot from that's where i learned that where i'm broadcasting from is the, the origination of the term flying saucer which is dennis in texas i learned that from jim mars yeah, uh, this from the eight from the 1870s, I believe. And uh, was the farmer out in his field here, I don't know. I have to find out where it was. Um, but he looked up and saw what he described as a flying saucer. I mean, what it would be our classic UFO disc. So there's something to this to the, the phenomenon. Um, but I feel like we're being misled and height. I think the narrative is being hijacked um, a, a lot like real conspiracy research has been uh hijacked over the years and uh you know by uh, disinformation agents or the government itself or uh, yeah. things like QAnon, and, and so I'm, I'm skeptical and you talk about blue beam that's that's really project blue beam which is really a theory and you may yeah. correct me i think it came out in the 90s which is basically like a theory or a um there were there were two components to it, a religious component and the extraterrestrial component the idea was and i got this from people like the late bill cooper the idea was they were going to use technology like and i'm going to go there folks like holographic type of uh, technology that would literally put all the different religious um religious figures into literally beam them into the sky like right. allah christ um a couple other ones that are, you know uh, that are not coming to mind right now, but to make everyone think that the second coming, L. Ron Hubbard, they put L. Ron Hubbard up there, <laughs> right, right, right? So all these different religious figures to to get the population to think that the end of times was here, either that, and the other part was that literally like flying saucers and UFOs into the sky as well. So I mean. I'm not sure what to make of that. I mean, it's very well possible. And then you got Reagan's speech back in the 80s about an outside threat is the only thing that's going to unite the whole uh, earth. So you got that. And pretty much, yeah, you're, you're right. It was around like the 1990s that Blue Beam yeah, it came out as uh, a viable uh, possible operation in the making and uh, that's what a lot of people think that these UFO sightings or shoot downs in the last uh, year uh, could represent like uh, it actually coming to fruition possibly. Well, that's, I think that we're in a new age, new yeah. era. This is, I mean, the wheels are off. And uh, I think, you know, even the, from a metaphysical standpoint, that's kind of where I, I'm both, I want to see hard evidence of something. I, like I talked about in my nine 11 uh, speech, I said, yeah, I'm I'm both. I'm for like I I love Richard Gage and I love Wayne McCroy, both talking about different ends of the spectrum, yeah. uh, you know, metaphysical versus the physical. We see both here in our reality. Like if you're into real research and thinking, 
uh, you know, there's there's physical and then there's metaphysical. So uh, I think these are I mean, pretty much everything's on the on the table. Yeah. Things are so strange. That's why I'm glad I uh, I mentioned you. And I wanted to say, tell you this on air. I mentioned you in my talk uh, in New I York heard City. That. I wanted to thank you. Uh, oh, did you? Okay, because oh, yeah. I I talked about uh, for those who don't know, I, you know, I work with Chris pretty closely on research. He, he's uh, they really don't have anybody like him, and he, he's helped Don Jeffrey so much. And and uh, I'm still uh, anyways, looking for that uh, Bill Cooper, that Bill Cooper uh, thing that got him really mad in 2001. That's right, and that's what it, it doesn't. And I, I even stopped my yeah. talk and I said, by the way. You know, and uh, so anyway, it, it really was uh, it was an honor to, to speak. And I, your your name uh, came to mind and I wanted to have you on real quick before we closed. And um, yeah. I know we wanted to tell the audience, you know, we've got uh, more paratruthers coming up. And uh, Chris and I are working on a, a project for for my book. Yeah, uh, it's 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 going to be hopefully out this calendar year. And Chris has been doing some. I want to put a, a book out on uh, on the financial system and gold that like nobody else has. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's not going to be your standard like buy gold and hedge against inflation. I'm going to I'm going to it's like you can protect your money. with. I'm like, you can do all that, but I'm going to I'm going to give you some other stuff to blow your hair back. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to give you some food for thought, if you will. And uh, Chris is certainly helping with that. But so thank you so much for for being here, my friend. I want you to be able to plug and tell people where they can find you before we go. But I wanted to tell before I close and I'm broadcasting on WWCR, which is uh, Bill Cooper's old home station and 930 a.m. The answer in San Antonio and yeah. podcast goes out all over the globe. Um, folks, I am seeing something really interesting in the economy. If you want to know, like tip of the spear, what's the barometer? What's the temperature? People are selling me uh, more product than I'm used to. And the buying to selling ratio has really the disparity there is growing and growing and growing. Uh, I'm fine with that on a business level because I'll always have some place to sell. I mean, we're a gold and silver exchange. I'm never going to turn somebody away and say, I won't buy your product. Um, but I, I think that's really what Bidenomics is doing. That's why I was bringing that article in to show about people are making a decision on what bills to pay uh, on the flip side of that. Uh, so we have good deals going on and you should contact if you're interested in gold, it's a good time to contact me. Uh, and not everybody can afford an ounce of gold. And that's why we have Wolfpack. Uh, if you think you can't afford precious metals, you need to go to wolfpack.gold or go to any of my websites. There's a link on there. Say join, join Wolfpack. Go check it out. It starts at 50 bucks a month and you can get into the program. We're building a community with Wolfpack and I, I don't I don't plug enough. And I want people to see what we're doing, because if you join, you're going to get in on deals and flash sales that come through. But most people and most dealers don't want your $50. I want it. I'm telling you to join. If you call one of these 1-800 numbers, when you tell them that you only have 1500 bucks or even 10000 they don't like you. That's a small number to them. Uh, I remember, I've done it as a young man and they had somebody think, oh, this, this is a waste of my time. So uh, go to Wolfpack dot gold check it out uh, we have other deals if you want to buy direct uh through wise wolf you certainly can send us a text send us an email and uh, we will take very good care of you we appreciate everybody who uh who's already a member and uh let's let's do this together and protect yourself against yes protect yourself against inflation but do it in a cool way right where you're part of a community and not just on your own 
All right. Um, Chris, tell people where they can find you, my friend. You got about a minute. Yeah. Uh, thank you. It's always an honor, uh, Tony. I appreciate it. Um, I'm on Twitter uh, at Chris uh, Seagraves, Mask Guy. Um, I'm going to be doing a conspiring with Mr. Uh, Cooper, with my good buddy Tom Cooper, tomorrow night at 8 p.m. And that's on TMP platforms like Rumble and uh, Odyssey. Well, it used to be Odyssey. And uh, just keep an eye out for the next Paratruther and freeworld.fm. And I love you guys. And thanks for having me. I looked in the chat and uh, Billy said that he is an alien Mexican body. And uh, that. <laughs> That's how we will. That's how we will close out the show, ladies and have a great weekend. Uh, I will have Beans the Brave, God willing, uh, Beans the Brave back next week, and we'll have a better show. Uh, always is when I have uh, my co-pilot and co-host. You guys take care of each other. Okay. End of transmission. <laughs>